Hello, all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am here to talk to you about how to reinvent yourself. What if you have been in the military for 30 years? And I still can't believe they retire you after 30 years, but they do. And according to Laura Noel, the question is, what the heck are you going to do after this, especially after you've achieved everything there and you're at the top of your game? And you're so damn young when they take you out of there. What are you going to do? And I love the fact that she figured out that mindset is everything and that she had to break herself of the habit of just using grit. And she became a life coach and she runs a whole coaching organization, which you'll hear about, but it's not based on banging away with a hammer at something, it's based on something else and how she gets there and how she writes, wrote a, wrote a conversation with herself will be very inspirational for any of you trying to figure your way out of a place that you love. That was great that you hit the top, but it's time to move on to something else. How do you do that? I think Laura Noel has some answers for you. So here she is. So welcome, Laura. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I'm excited to be here today. So let's talk a little bit about you growing up. Um, and you know, I love, I just I love the fact that you were in the military. I love that. And I love the fact that you found a life after that, because I know that can be an issue. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit. Where did you grow up and how did you end up? navigating the first part of your life there. Okay. Well, I was born in New York and the Queens area, but I moved to Pennsylvania, Amish country, but in the city <laughs> uh, when I was like 10 years old. And that's where I, I went to school and until I joined the military, but I lived with my mom. So she was just, she and I uh, living in this one bedroom apartment at one time when I was in high school and I, I was just very restless. Um, I had definitely had a chip on my shoulder, had kind of a, a rough upbringing and home life. And I was just, I just wanted to get out. I, I loved my mom, you know, and my parents loved me, but it was just a very rough period of time for me. I ended up going to college in the Lancaster area at Millersville University. But even then I just... I was just spinning my wheels. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, what I wanted to do. And I discovered Army ROTC when I was in college. And it's funny because I told my dad, hey, you know what? I just checked out this ROTC thing. And I think it, it sounds pretty cool. The next day, my father, who didn't live with my mom and I, went to the Air Force recruiter got all of the brochures and then brought them to our house. <laughs> if that's not a message or a sign, I don't know what that's it is. That's <laughs> wonderful. That's great that he was into it. I love that. Yeah. Well, he served in the Marines um, and he felt like with my personality and just, he just thought that the Air Force would be a great quality of life for me. 
And so I, I took all that information and I enlisted. So I didn't go the ROTC path, but as I was in the service, I went in as a radar scope operator and I, I just went through an entire career just shy of 28 years and finished all of my degrees up to a master's degree while I was in. Um, and it was a wonderful career, a wonderful experience. Wow. Amazing. What is your master's in? So my master's is in arts administration. And right now I'm in a doctoral program for organizational and leadership psychology. Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) That's really interesting. Okay. So let's talk about what you're doing now and, and maybe explain a little bit, because a lot of our uh, listeners are thinking, you know, I would like to go back to school, but I'm too old. It costs too much. Um, what are your, you know, what, maybe describe the different times you went back to school at different ages and what the value is for you. Yeah. You know, while I was in the service, I was searching for my purpose. Um, and the longer I was in and the more that I would realize, you know, at some point this career is going to end. So I need to start planning ahead and start taking some courses, maybe getting some certifications uh, in different areas to see what sticks. And I fell into the trap and and I don't regret getting my advanced education, but I was following, um, well, I'm in this career field, so I might as well get a degree that matches it because then I can get a job when I get out. So at the time when I was working toward my degrees, I was in the band. I was a band, a vocalist for many years in the Air Force band, and then I became a band manager. And so I was a leader in the organization. So I thought that a great degree would be, instead of getting that MBA, would be one for that dealt with nonprofits, so arts administration. Um, I didn't, still didn't know what I wanted to be when I got out of the service, but I thought, well, this makes sense. Um, and it seemed like a good thing to do at the time. I started getting closer and closer to the 30 year mark where I would have to retire at my rank. And I thought, well, maybe I will check out yoga instruction. I'll be a yoga instructor. And I got a yoga certification and I tried that out for a while and I enjoyed it. Um, What I started doing was in, while I was in the service in my job, I started teaching yoga for free to some of my colleagues. And I noticed how they just expressed how they felt more calm, more at peace, more at ease in their mind and in their body. And then I started following my curiosity and I thought, gosh, if I could bottle this up in some sort of a curriculum, I would love to teach this mindset piece of it and the mindfulness and helping people be calm and collected and make decisions and respond versus react to things around them. Um, So what I did following my educational path was I would follow my curiosity and I would enjoy that. And I, I wasn't necessarily saying I'm going to get this degree because I'm going to do this thing. When I get out, I was following my curiosity and that it ended up directing me where I am today, coaching people and um, coaching organizations and teams and helping people with their mindset and their decision-making and their business processes. I didn't see that back, you know, mid-career when I was going to school, but I just honored my curiosity 
and would follow it and would enjoy the learning experience because it's not about the goal necessarily or the degree, it's who I get to become along the way. Right, right. And I think, yes, I think that's what happens also as an adult is yes. that you get to enjoy the process um, instead of looking just for the goal, which is fantastic. So when you talk about what you do today, what is, I mean, do you spend most of your time on mindset? Because mindset is, is such an enormous part of being able to reinvent yourself or being able to get to the next step. Is that one of the things that really is of interest to you? Oh my goodness. Yes. Because it was life-changing for me. Um, so while I was still in the service and I wasn't in the band at that time, I was serving as a commandant of a leadership school and I had made the decision to retire, that I was going to leave, not at 30 years, but at 27 years, and start my own coaching business, dealing with leadership and mindset. But what I teach, I also applied and took into my own life, because I had been in the service for like 27 years. And when you're in any company, or if you're a parent, a stay-at-home parent, and you're raising children, you become kind of ingrained in what your life looks like at the time. So then when you start to shift and pivot and start thinking about, well, what else would I like to do? It, it can be a little daunting and frustrating because you became this person. You spent all this time becoming this person. I spent all this time becoming this military chief and a, you know, I was made it my career. And so now I'm thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. That's a totally different path. So the tools that I take my clients through, particularly when they're transitioning from one life event to another, or from one career to a business, or from one career to another career that they create themselves, what fits into their lives now, there's a whole process behind it, behind shifting your mindset. One, the first very most important thing is getting clear on my gosh, if I could wave a magic wand and have the lifestyle of my dreams, the career of my dreams, where all these pieces fit together, what would that look like? That's step one. And that's what I did in this process. And then I asked myself, who would I need to become what would I need to do? How would I be living if I had become her? And I started implementing those things in my, in my mind and in my mindset and through affirmation and through changing things in my physical surroundings until I became her. I literally wrote a script of me in the future and I became her little by little, but it was a process. I love that. So you wrote a script? I did. Yes. Um, Give so, us an idea of what that means. Could somebody else use that idea? Is that a, I mean, it, was it a back and forth between yourself and yourself? Or was um, it, it yeah. was it her doing an interview with the Wall Street Journal? <laughs> no, um, how I did it was um, first and foremost, I was working with a coach and a mentor at the time. And I started working through this process that I teach now. And I was getting clarity on first what I wanted. So every day for a couple of weeks, I would set aside time and start visualizing or meditating, or just when I was going for a walk, I would just ask if I could have anything, what would that, what would I want? 
anything. So relationships, career, uh, lifestyle, um, you know, home, all of those things. And then I would just start writing a little shopping list of all of these things. And I did that over a period of a, a couple of weeks. So every day I would take some time just to think and ideate. And then toward the end of the two weeks, I saw this big, beautiful list of, you know, being an author and building villages in Kenya and helping the world and serving clients and teaching this online and traveling and what our home would look like and how often we would travel and the type of experiences and the time and space I would be able to have with friends and family. I started picking things out of that list that I wanted most of all right now. So I made a committed decision and I, I created a goal. But then I started to live in my mind like that person and in my physical surroundings now. So even though I wasn't building the villages yet and I, did, I wasn't earning that income yet because I was just starting my business, I started to dress like her, the version of her in my imagination. How did you change your dress? That is something I remember writing mm -hmm. about you know, in the magazines yeah. when I was first starting out was that whole idea of dress like the job you want, not the yes. job you have. Right. So it yes, works. Yeah, it does work. It absolutely works. So I would do that in my dress, in my demeanor, in, in, you know, if I had a vision of what my home looked like, well, then I set my off home office, like with the decor or something that would represent what that home would look like. So I started living from my goal and viewing the world as if I was already there instead of thinking of my goal as a destination. And then I wrote out kind of a script of me. And so what I did was I imagined it was a year from now and I was living my goal and I was just journaling as if I was writing about my life. So I, I remember the start of it. I'll just kind of tell you it's 6 a.m. I walk out into the plush green lawn overlooking the ocean. And as I do the last sun salutation, I look out and I see the sun glistening over the ocean. My husband walks out with a French press um, of coffee and we just sit and we watch the dogs play. And I walk into my home office and my mentor calls me and I'm getting ready for an award ceremony where I'm the recipient of this award. And, and so I'm, I'm imagining. Wow. Yeah. Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, yeah. I, I know a lot about this. It works. It does. It's, it sounds woo woo, but um, I've talked to enough people. It definitely works. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it does work because fast forward when I started this two years later, less than two years later, I was, I had become involved in a nonprofit organization that provides clean water and education for girls and medical care. There's five pillars to this organization and they help people in the Maasai Mara region of Kenya. And I did fund the village and I ended up going there and visiting all of the villages. And, and then I fundraised and got, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to raise for a college program. And, and I'm not saying this to impress anyone. I'm saying that it was my mind. None of these things were on my radar when I started. Right. I just started acting as if, and just, right. I kept my focus on what I wanted and it started to unfold for me. Is it focus? I'm starting to think that it is focus. I'm starting to think that 
the hardest part of all this, I hear a lot of people who know they have to reinvent, they must reinvent, they're being pushed to reinvent. The big question is, I don't know what it is that I want to be. And that's something that we help people with at Covey Club. We put them into groups and it comes up through that way. But a lot of them can't imagine. And that is a, that is a real I mean, I, you know, Sarah Blakely talks about that. I mean, there are a lot of people who've moved very quickly into the next thing. And I wonder if it's that our lives are just so scattered and so busy and we're responding to incoming stuff all the time with social media that we really never have a chance to ask ourselves, what the heck is it that I really do want? And what does that look like? And what does it smell like? And what does it taste like? And where I'm sitting, what does the seat feel like? Maybe it's just, we, do you think it's focus or what do you think it is? Yeah. I think we're focused on the wrong things. I think we're focused on, yeah, like, as you said, the social media, the uh, perceived expectations of others, obligations, and we're not putting ourselves first. You have to be a little selfish and it's not even selfish. It, shift that paradigm. You have to, would they tell you in the airplane, put your oxygen mask on first so you can serve others and help others. You have to do that with your mind. You have to set boundaries around your time and create that space for you to think, because if you are just being bombarded, you're just reacting to stimuli. You're not responding. You're reacting to things outside of you. But what you really need to do is look inside of you. That's where the answers are. So, you know, in my example, I was following my curiosity. So this is a great place where people can start. And I was, trust me, I was type A overachiever all over the map, doing all of the things. And I never slowed down. And it, it just it had a negative toll. It took a negative toll on me. And I would um, just follow that curiosity or if I would notice somebody doing something and I, I would say, gosh, I wonder how they do that. Oh, I remember when I used to do that. I wonder what it would be like if, if you catch yourself in those moments, being mindful and, and follow your curiosity. Those are cues and clues as to some of the things you might be interested in. And it's interesting you say here that you are not interested in grit. A lot of people think that grit is the way to get through all this, but you're saying no, no. Yeah. Um, grit is what got me to, um, to just being miserable in my life. And it's interesting because I was successful and I'm saying this in air quotes in my career and, you know, with pushing through school, I always thought that, you know, I'll push through this degree. And when I get to this mountain, I'll be happy. I'll push through and get promoted to this rank. And when I get there, I'll be happy. I'll be the president of this organization. And when I get there, I'll be happy. I never was. I was always looking for the next thing, looking outside of myself for fulfillment. fulfillment. And when I really shifted my thinking, and I'll put this even in the context of being a coach, when I first started my business, I used that same tenacity and grit that was, you know, I was constantly pushing myself up a mountain and I, I was getting quickly burnt out. And I realized, and my mentor said, if you keep doing this, you're going to resent the very thing that you love. And I was already working 12 hours a day in my 
you know, in my military career and I was in the midst of transitioning and on the weekends, I thought I would grow my clientele in that time. And I thought that I had to talk to just a crazy number of people for me to really get to at least the six figures that I wanted to in my career and have the impact that I wanted. And my mentor said, I only want you to talk to two people a week. That's it. And if you aren't able to move one of them, then you need to just work on your presentation. And it felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. And I did exactly what he told me to do. I started talking just to two people a week. I was excited. I was present with them. And that's when I, within six months, got to the six figures in my business. I felt comfortable completely retiring from my work. And, and then within 18 months, I had funded a village. So that was not with grit and tenacity. The hard work was in mastering my mind, not in physical doing and force. Interesting. Yeah, I think that I think I see that um, I have two children and the, the girl ha- figured out very early on that one way to get to where she wanted to be was just hammer, hammer, mm-hmm. hammer, hammer. And um, I'm trying to teach her now that, you know, that's one way, but it's not the only way, but it does work. I guess we can learn that, you know, you can just out hammer some people, right? You can, it'll only take you so far. You, you will only go as far as your level of awareness will take you. I mean, I used that hammer too, and I got to the top of my career, but at what cost? And I find that I'm much more creative And I can go a lot farther, faster with less effort if I'm thinking. And what I mean by thinking is not necessarily mental activity. It's, it's connecting with my intuition, making decisions that are in alignment with my vision and not being kind of pushed around like a pinball in a pinball machine, like I was doing before. Now, how do you rope in your curiosity? I would say that everybody probably who is a member of Covey Club, the thing that that holds us together is we're insatiably curious and we use learning to crack the world, basically. Those are the two things that kind of attract us all to each other, right? That's how we do it. But can your curiosity, can that get away from you and can it disadvantage you when you're trying to reinvent or do you do you just keep it from trying to plug into the learn, 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 learn thing so that you're not just spending your time learning? Yeah. But you're yeah. doing, you know what right. I'm saying? The yeah. others, I think sometimes we, people like us can use the learning thing as a delay tactic or as a, a crutch. Well, I don't have enough, so I can't do that. I need not, you right. know, it's, and women do that more than men. The men have, we know all those numbers, they have 60% of the qualifications and they're raising their hand. We, we have 99% and we think we have to go back to school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, and this is great advice from Bob Proctor that he gave me, um, when we first started working together and one was to plant that seed. So make a decision regarding what you want. So follow your curiosity to figure out what you want and carve that time out for yourself. But then you got to make a decision, you know, choose something (laughs) and move. And then he said, um, you've got to create urgency around it, set a timeline 
And then he said, stop getting ready. Stop getting ready. Just move. Like when I first started this and I talked to my coach, um, this was in 2017. I thought, should I go back and get a doctorate? And he said, are you getting it because you want it? Or are you getting it because you think you need it? And at that time I thought, just like you said, you know, we could have 99.9% of the qualifications were like, maybe I'll get another degree. Well, I, I recognized that I was getting it because I still had that I'm not enoughness going on in my mind. And I had to put my foot down and I needed a coach to tell me, you know, Hey, or ask me that question. What, what's, why are you doing this? Um, so I didn't pursue it then. And I'm so glad it wasn't the right time. I started focusing on what I wanted, which was growing my business and serving people. And so what's the, what's the most interesting part about what you do now? There are a lot of people who are thinking uh, and who do, do become coaches. That's what they do. They, they move from corporate. They move, obviously, from military. They move from a lot of places. What really gives you joy? And is it what you thought? Hmm. I can't imagine doing anything else. It, I I just have a lot of joy with what I'm doing. I work with different people from different backgrounds, um, nonprofit organizations, um, founders and executive directors and COOs of other companies, people who are working in jobs, but they're looking to connect with something deeper within themselves, even though they're not leaving their jobs. Like, so they're getting back into something that they love and they're passionate about like photography and poetry and creating books. I I just love the variety and the different ways that people express themselves to their fullest capacity. I love helping people open up to what's possible for them. And I, it's never boring and every day is different. What would you say people come to you for? Again, there are a bazillion coaches out there. What's your specialty, Laura, if they're trying to find, you know, they're trying to find help? What do you yeah. have a specialty? I do. So I help people align with their purpose and figure that out. And then I also help them remove those blocks that are keeping them from pursuing the things that they say they want to pursue. So you can on one level believe, yes, I can do that. But then when you start moving forward, there's something, a mental block that's kind of stopping you that those limiting beliefs, those paradigms that are deep in your subconscious mind, those govern your habitual behavior. So there's, if you just change your behavior, your physical behavior to create a result, that's generally not going to create permanent results. The underlying cause of your behavior is your paradigm, your thinking. So I help people reprogram that aspect of their subconscious mind. Now, if anybody is here and listening to you and they're they're getting to there. I can't believe they retire you after 30 years. That's incredible. <laughs> but they're in the military and they're thinking, you know, because I did, I remember doing when I did the, um, I did a issue with Mrs. Obama when she was in the White House. She, she guest edited a more, a more magazine issue with us. And one of her big concerns it was um, people who were in the military trying to figure out what was next for them when they would leave. They had trouble transitioning and figuring out how to how to live in the civilian word world which is governed by so many different forces and um so if if 
there are people listening like that, what would you say to them about why did you find that transition? And what can they do to follow in that same direction? Yeah, I first and foremost, recognize that you are not your career, you are not your service. You are so much bigger than that. And even though it was an honor to serve, for example, and I loved my career, I see so many people, and it's not just in the military, but it's even in corporate, if you've been someplace for a long time, um, maybe they transitioned to another job that's similar to what they were doing and they weren't even thrilled with what they were doing before. It's like they got locked in to this habitual way of being that they can't see that there are other options for them. So just know that you're so much bigger than your career or your service, even though that's a wonderful part of your life. And just allow yourself to, to dream and get back to basics, thinking about what you, how, how do you want to spend your days? Start there. Um, but yeah, it, it really starts with getting that focus and clarity on the what, and then thinking about, well, how would I need to carry myself? Who would I need to be? What kind of thoughts would I have? What kind of decisions would I make? Or what kind of people would I surround myself with? And then start doing those things. It's so hard and you're totally right. I hear it all the time from people who've been in corporate. They are their job. They don't know what they are or who they are when they leave. And I actually hear it more from men in a more passive way where they say, I don't really have any other ideas of what I could be. The women seem to be more active about choosing something else. And um, the men seem more resigned to like, I'm just going to continue doing this because I have no other ideas, which of course is not true, but that's how they feel. Right. It's well, even asking yourself, like, who would I be without this role or this job or this position? It's an interesting question after all this time. So Laura, tell us where everybody can find you. Where's your website and your handles? What are those? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Laura Noel. You can also find me on my podcast, ratracereboot.com. <laughs> That's good. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Thank you. That's and cute. You, yeah. And then you can also go to stretchintosuccess.com. You can message me there on, on any one of those platforms. We can get in contact with one another and I'd be delighted to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. And I love the fact that you navigated your way out. And I love the fact that you're an inspiration for all those. You're just so young that, you know, the, those of us in corporate who don't retire till much later, but still want to go off and do something. It's a, <laughs> it's a tough, it's that transition is just tough. So it's wonderful. You're very inspiring. And thank you for the time. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed our conversation with Laura Noel, I hope that you will come and listen to our other podcasts that we have. We are trying to teach everybody about reinvention. It's never too late. You can always change. And mosey on over to coveyclub.com. That is where we have our written work. And we do a lot of uh, events where we instruct you, we teach you, and we help you actually 
get to that next stage. We are all about that. Well, when people say, what does Covey Club do? I say we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And that's really powerful. So come join us. If you like what you heard, please give us some stars, give us a review and um, pass it along to friends you know who are struggling to reinvent because we know everybody's trying to do it and it's terrible to do alone. Don't do it alone. Do it with Covey Club. Take care.